0: Silence is golden, so I guess I'm winning bronze. So
1: stupid. You haven't heard anything yet. M A T T. That's how you spell me.
0: Wait, it has two of my favorite things spelling and rhyme. And dumb. And gentlemen, also one of my favorite guests. So there we go. You guys, it's Annie's girls. It's episode Go fuck it's a yourself. Grand slam. It's it is a grand slam. <laughs> today it's 3 42 i'm so excited to have one of my favorite people back for an in-person i
1: think this is my third time or fourth time on the show
0: couldn't tell you we're almost at snl5
1: i'm almost gonna get the letterman jacket are- or i'm gonna leave in one of your gowns here from the closet
0: <laughs> yes you are gonna get a gown you're not gonna i'm already get picking Ursula. out the one i want <laughs> which one do you want well i'm
1: seeing a certain color that's speaking to me for this december I definitely, you know, there's some oh, baba boom yes. here. I might have some seasonal things to dress up for. I'm
0: into <laughs> it. Yeah, this is a write-off in my heart
1: oh i love that
0: yeah that's a little Marquesa. no this
1: podcast are not a visual medium but there's lots of stunning (laughs) fashions in here and i'm picking through them
0: i love when i like reference something specific that is truly only visual i'm like (laughs) oh this is gonna be great for the listeners you guys it's ag i'm so excited return guest co-host i mean there's a lot to say he's a comedian actor Writer, podcaster, <laughs> television host whose credits include the Showtime comedy, I Love That For You, the feature film, No Big Deal, Fire Island, and of course, my number one favorite pod, Les Culturistas, with Bo and Yang. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Matt Rogers. Can't even
1: tell you what a thrill it was. And also, for this to have sort of come out of necessity, because we were sending mm. voice memos back and forth, yes. just sort of venting about Beverly Hills, <sighs> and now to see you here during, I mean, the great storm of episodes that are the Aspen trip. I mean, it's just faded.
0: I do feel like timing is everything. And in the last couple weeks, knowing that you were coming on, I was like, oh, this was, we're going to pretend that this is something I strategize, but we have no idea what the fuck happened. So well, like,
1: I think sometimes, like, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Truly, you know what I mean? Sometimes she she Sometimes she puts things right <laughs> where they need to be. And she put me, she placed me in New York City at this time which it is September 8th. We have just had I, s- yeah. some hours with the recent Beverly Hills, the second episode of the Aspen trip. Right. Where things are getting um
0: Kooky pretty crazy. fucking
1: crazy, I would say.
0: I want to get your thoughts, noting that you do discuss Housewives a little bit, not a little bit, like a moderate amount on Las Culturistas. Yeah. What's the response from the audience when you talk about BH? You
1: know what? It's like, I think that sometimes our readers, which is what we call our listeners, they yeah. they pick things up um, that we seem to be interested in and they try it on for themselves. And I think that people are kind of into the Housewives thing. I don't know if they're as into it as Bowen and I are. Yeah. It's weird to talk about like... Um, one thing a ton when you have like a pop culture at large podcast and um so really we just kind of like if it happens to be something that's top of mind we'll get into it we have we like some franchises more than others or there's ones that bowen and i can just talk about a little bit easier yeah um beverly hills being one of them potomac being a big one uh, salt lake um but it's not a housewives podcast you know what i mean but we get into it
0: have there been housewives that have made it to your list of like must-have guests.
1: We've had two, right? So we've had Dr. Wendy Osefo and Phenomenal. we've had Garcelle, right? And um, they were both great, um, in way in very different ways. Like it was interesting. Like I really want only Housewives on the show that I feel like I can talk to about more things than just their experience on Housewives. Totally, like, we have some people that sort of want to be on the show and um i've had some conversations about having them on the show and i always just want to make sure that there is going to be like a like a like a totalness to the episode that Mm. isn't just like let's get into it about what happened on this trip in this last episode or like how you think the reunion is going to be just because it's not that interesting on our podcast Mm -hmm. but for example someone like dr wendy who's got like you know a very interesting unique perspective and life experience and i find her to be a different kind of housewife which is why i wanted to have her on and also we do love potomac um and then obviously garcelle has a major career in hollywood and has seen a lot and she had a book coming out that had lots of stuff that i wanted to talk to her about but if i was going to have another housewife on it would have to feel like this can be a full episode of Lost culturistas mm-hmm. you know what i mean the, mm-hmm. the show has to come first before like me wanting to talk to like jen aiden you know what i mean <laughs> Which is not a drag on Jen Aiden. Completing I just,
0: the Holy Trinity. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dr. Winnie, Garcelle and yeah. Jennifer Aiden.
1: Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I, I just, I think that would probably be better for like a Housewives podcast. Mm. You know what I'm saying?
0: And if you yourself, Matt.
1: I love Jen Aiden, by the way. That's why I pick on no her. No shade. I love her. Jennifer. I do adore her. <laughs> Good to know.
0: Good clarity. Um, If you yourself had 20 minutes at. You know, for drinks at the Polo Bar. Who is it that you would want to talk to off recording just to be like, oh, my God, I get you or what the absolute fuck? Is there someone that you have in mind?
1: Kyle right now.
2: Really?
1: Yeah, because I think that like um, I don't recognize her lately or maybe like I'm given more room to recognize her. And I actually did want to get into the Kyle of it all with you a yeah. little bit because Let's do it. I actually think it's a bigger deal than people are making it out to be like I, I think that kyle is the lead of the show and the protagonist of the show so if the show doesn't feel like it's working it probably does have something to do with her and i think it actually ha- has a lot to do with her this year
0: okay so we're gonna really get into it and i just want to say trigger warning to anybody that has kyle in their top five well
1: i have kyle in my top five. i have kyle in my top five yeah, so this so... is a real
0: wreck i feel like this season has been a reckoning for us
1: well can i just throw something out there i want to posit something when Kyle hosts something, she gets crazy. That's a thesis I'm gonna throw out there. Because the other time she was crazy this year, I felt was when they were at her La Quinta house. And remember when she was sitting mm-hmm. on the floor, all relaxed, and sort of getting into it with Crystal about the Sutton of it all and the dark mm-hmm. comment of what. A- when Kyle is in her home, holding court in like one of her vacation homes, she has like something happens with her. Something like snaps. Like, and I noticed it. At La Quinta, and I noticed it again in Aspen last week at her home when they were all talking in the beginning about um, when they all sat around while the Ouija board was out, and Kyle was bringing up all these like catastrophic topics, and then started freaking out when Kathy was like, right. Guys, who cares about unfollowing? No one's that. Important, like we all know this is stupid, right? And Kyle started screaming about it's the intent, it's the intent of it. Rah! And it starts like she got her face looked different. It was like when Ariel turns into like Vanessa or like <laughs> Ursula turns into Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, of course, we're seeing we're the, the crystal come <laughs> Rob Minkoff, Ursula Artist drawing is designed behind, so, us. but like something happens when Kyle feels like entitled to being somewhere. And I don't I don't know that it's like a concrete thing I'm saying here, but like she's been off. And even last night's episode, when she finally is standing up to Erica, she's just so quick to like this anger and this like freneticism that I'm just like, what is going on there? A couple times I thought she was drunk. Like, it's it, it it's been... Her behavior this season has been wilder than it has been.
0: And do you think that's a conscious decision on her part, noting the way that she's criticized by so many people, or at least acknowledged as being, like, a spiritual producer for the show?
1: I think that... It, have you always noticed that she produces?
0: Uh, I think in the last couple seasons, I've probably acknowledged it, noting that I think everyone, to a certain extent, produces, which is how I am able to skirt the question of... <laughs> Long have you known that she produced
1: well because this year like I think she's always done this but this year it seems to be the first time that the show is actively producing an edit which shows the other woman being like why is she doing this
0: I think it came out more during LVP's departure and after because you couldn't hide behind LVP being the master producer when LVP left it was like okay who is not only handling the burden of this but who are we going to recognize and acknowledge as the person that's driving story in a way that feels focused on the actual story itself like Mm -hmm. sometimes when Kyle's communicating it feels like she's thinking six months ahead where she's presenting to the camera it doesn't help that she's a performer because you feel that
1: I mean either she is losing the naturalness of achieving what she's always achieved Or the edit has turned against her. It's one of those two things. Because, and it might even be both. Yeah. Because the show, there's no other way to look at her in the way that she's presented in the edit as like at least aiding and abetting the villains of the show. Kind of until literally last night. Because when she finally turned to Erica and was like, I can't defend you notice that it's not you are wrong it's right. i can't defend you it's it's beyond my capability as the de facto leader and protagonist of this show i can't defend you when you talk like this it's not i'm disappointed in you what you're saying is offensive to me but what about the victims it's it's ultimately I can't defend you.
0: Because she knows she's aligned with Erica and Erica's perspective. It's why she's tried to shift a lot of the focus and the blame on Sutton, which is what we also saw with Lisa Rinna sidebar. Lisa Rinna being like, "She, we need to get her out of here to Diana yeah. and Dorit isn't because of anything else but Erica revealing how she really feels and that being the ultimate worst possible thing to happen to the Fox Force. Nobody wants... Erica to show herself because it reveals the rupture underneath this like majority foundation. Right.
1: And I guess I'm just wondering as a viewer of the show, what exactly is the positive aspect of being aligned with horrible people? Like, because Erica saying what she said last night is indefensible. Yes. But it's also evil. Like, Yes, it's indefensible. It's also cuckoo, crazy, full tilt, full pivot evil to say, I don't care about anyone but myself. Fuck you for thinking about anyone else but me. Pointing to herself. Who you, she points, sh- should be considered concerned about is me. Points to herself. It was wild. And for them to only now see this like maybe fall apart a little bit because they can no longer align themselves with them Mm -hmm. or with her, that's weird to me. And I just wonder what is it, what is the game they've been convinced that they're playing that, that they think that makes them more interesting on this show than actually just having human reactions to things and being like, hey, maybe Sutton has a point here or Garcelle, I am listening to you or you know, this, that, or the other thing. It's the alignment first on this season and, I guess, on this series, which, like, is really presenting a problem for me.
0: Yeah, and there's no Sutton or Garcelle to fall back on in that moment. If you the, the best part of that moment, and I use best within the circumstance, obviously noting how fucking terrible and disgusting it was, was that Sutton stayed quiet, which I thought was incredibly important. And at a certain point, so did Garcelle, just in terms of allowing Erica to take center stage, which was the most effective thing that they could do because you can't rely on... How dare you not say, I don't have empathy for the victims, when you have someone not only saying, of course I don't have empathy for the victims, how dare you have empathy for the victims, and also they're not really victims. And
1: maybe they don't exist.
0: They're potential victims, (laughs) which is something that I've discussed on Andy's Girls for a while, which was my belief that she doesn't believe these crimes took place. And her anger at them filing suit against her. She is mad that these people are coming from her, coming for her. So not only does she see herself as the victim in this sense, regardless of the semantics she'll allow Kyle to use, but she's also mad at these people, which is different from the assumption that the vast population has that people who were stolen from are victims of that theft. You also have Erica saying, you're coming for me. How dare you? Which is a difference there. It's like it's not being agnostic about the crime taking place, which would almost be like the best case scenario for, I think, an Erica defender. It's her saying this maybe didn't happen. And my husband is, or strange whatever isn't able to defend himself. So I'm doing that on his behalf. And also how dare you come for me? What gives you the right to come for me? Which is where a lot of the rage is coming from. Which is incredibly fucked up.
1: I mean it, it's it's really becoming what it always was going to become. Which is like this like bizarre disgraced mad queen. Like it, and I just feel like. What's weird is, and and what I think is, like, obviously what's broken about her, is that she can't even respond to the question. But don't you think it'd be worth it to just give them the earrings? She keeps going to this thing, and she's gaslighting them into thinking, I can't do that legally. You can do anything. Like, you were given the earrings as a gift. No. You could give them as a gift. Like, but, but, I, but then her, her line of defense is that she doesn't believe these people are telling the truth. And so, like, then why would she give them up? But I guess that is just the ultimate gaslight of all because, of course, we know the victims, like, were victimized. We've seen them. Like, you know what I mean? It's like we've heard from them. This wouldn't have proceeded this far in, like, the legal system if it didn't happen.
0: She still thinks of herself as the wife of a very highly regarded, super successful lawyer. What she has not recognized is that the law does matter, which is why it's so terrible and why her husband was disbarred because he broke the law many, many times. These... Victims sought recourse for the various terrible things that happened to them and were awarded millions of dollars that their lawyer then stole. So if we're going to have a conversation about the, the letter of the law matters, Let's continue that thought, Erica. The reason that so many people are so upset is because your husband did the single worst thing that a lawyer could do. He was their advocate.
1: He abused the trust of his clients. Yes, yeah.
0: he abused their trust. He manipulated the circumstances and voice memos, that voice messages that people can hear in the myriad of pieces that the LA Times has done, um, in addition to other investigative journalism that's been reported. So continue that that thought, because if we're going to focus on the letter of the law, we're focusing on the letter of the law, but we're also assuming that these people are potential victims. You can't have half the story because the second half is what is the focus of so many people. She wants it eight different ways. And also, did she bring the earrings on the trip? I thought she said to Garcelle at she that dinner, yeah. I'll show them to you tomorrow. Some That's not verbatim, but fuck man are you doing that because you're afraid that like susan lawyer is going to show up to your house to take them why are you it is it is ridiculing people who have been grievously harmed and it's not it's not only not acknowledging the harm but denying its existence
1: right yeah and so i guess this is where i ultimately like Like even watching Kyle in the last few minutes of the episode Mm. last night, like deciding this is her end of the line. It's just like, you really have to assess your own judgment if this is your end of the line. Like, it should have been the end of the line because they actually do know her. And so the fact that she that Kyle says, I can't defend you, is because Erica is now saying it on television. Notice she kept saying, stop saying that. Of course. Stop saying that. Rinna says, we have to get her out of here. Absolutely. Because, because it's no longer advantageous for them to have their teammate. Be on camera saying this stuff, and this zooming out from how terrible it all is is what's broken and like annoying about the show is that you get a sense that they actually could all get along and have like a nice time if they didn't feel like they had to play defense the whole time. It feels like a sporting event, this franchise, the way that others don't, like, and and you know that, of course, like there are allegiances and quote-unquote alliances on other franchises, but this feels like it's actively stopping set pieces or, like, it moves things forward that are just, like, f- more frustrating than entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I don't feel like there is necessarily a moral center to this group that I also enjoy watching because I'm going to say something that might be a little bit unpopular. Your safe space. Sutton and Garcelle are right. They are right. I don't think they are that fun to watch because and and I I really like them both but I get the sense they hate being on the show and when they were on that snowmobiling trip the energy was dead it was dead it was more fun to watch the villains ski Than it was to watch Sutton and Garcelle sit around and be like, well, this isn't going to be very fun. Like, when the guy's trying to teach them how to get on the snowmobile and Garcelle's like, ugh, you're too positive. Ugh. There's nothing worse than that energy. And, like, I think that they're right. I think that they are right. But... We have to get the best of both worlds here. We need women that enjoy each other, that have conflict, that are able to get over it. It's conflict and resolution, not my team versus yours. And it just so happens that the team that like sucks is also better at being housewives because they enjoy doing it.
0: Okay, and I totally hear you, and I'm acknowledging. I thoughts. get it. No, no, I think it's important to say. But how fun can you be, however many hours after being called a cunt and attacked for God knows how long? But it's
1: been like this from the beginning. Because that when you remember their trip to, I think it was Italy. I think they went to Rome a few seasons ago. Milan. Milan. Maybe? It was this somewhere. It was fabulous. the it was the one where Denise. Denise. Denise was with them. It was like somewhere, yeah, maybe somewhere like that. Yeah. Garcelle was over it from the beginning. She didn't want to, she was out there staring out through the gate. Remember when she left the restaurant to go stare through the gate? Mm-hmm. And they were like, What are you doing out here? I miss my kids. You don't like being on this show.
0: Well, it was also a terrible introduction to Housewives itself. She's sure, coming in at a has, different point. She's
1: never once had fun on the show.
0: She's probably had fun through the show than on the show. But how can you have fun when you're surrounded? I
1: agree. Then it's not the right group of women together.
0: Okay, okay. And I'm hearing you and I'm not necessarily hearing, but like, what's the change that you would make?
1: This is what I think. I think we don't have to lose Sutton and Garcelle. I just think we need to make a better atmosphere for them. So if I'm going to put the show together, I think it's time for Erica and Rina to go. <gasps> both of them. Both, both. I, I, don't... I did
0: not think you were going to say that.
1: No, they should go. Because I think that if Erica and Rinna go, the Fox Force doesn't really exist anymore.
0: You would keep Dorit over Erica.
1: I find Dorit to be funny to watch. I think that she's kind of flopping right now because it looks like she's going to go down in flames defending <laughs> Erica, <laughs> she's which gonna is try her best. so crazy. Yeah. But at least someone she,
0: needs to do it. She's sacrificing. Someone's got to do
1: it. But, and at least she'll look funny doing it. Because I do continue to think that as a character out in the world, she is someone I think is funny. Like, I think it's funny that she says, I don't understand it in three different languages. And they cut to a talking head and she says it in all the languages. I think that's really very chic. 15 times is funny. And I do think she's being herself while doing it. Mm -hmm. Erica, I think she's now playing a villain like and being one, which is, like, so unfun. I think she leaned into the drunk thing to have a different storyline. And Rinna, as we all know, is no longer grounded in reality as a human woman, and so she needs to be put on pause or whatever they said to Dorinda, because I don't believe it's over, but I believe it has to stop. So, therefore, if you have Kyle, Dorit, Crystal, if she kind of just does something i don't dislike her i really want her on the show i just think you know i think the reunion is going to be a big test for her
0: i think the reunion is actually bigger for her than anyone yeah which is a weird thing to say yeah
1: well she's the only one on the bubble i think yeah, 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 i yeah. think they've made their decisions about other people but i think kyle with garcelle sutton uh, Dorit and Crystal. Maybe Kathy stays on as a friend still. Maybe Kim comes on as a friend. Boy. So you get some Richard stuff, which I know that they want. And then bring on a couple new women and I think you gotta get, get rid of Cherie. It's just not happening.
0: Cherie is really in no way it's just, making sense.
1: It's just nothing. It's just nothing.
0: And Diana obviously. Gone. I mean Diana has sort of voted herself off the island she a little is bit. She's
1: gone. I mean it seems like the, that, that writing is already on the wall and I don't think anyone's going to miss her. I think it's a little bit of a shame the way it happened because, I mean, I think it's great to have someone that's genuinely rich. I think it's great to have someone that's like, at least at the beginning, had a compelling personal story, like mm. regardless of like how deep and dark it all gets, like maybe it would have been fun to get there. I don't know. But it's just not happening chemistry-wise, Like, and she won't want to come back. So I think you kind of whittle it down to those five or six. And then because there's not a Fox Force alliance, you can uh, we can actually see if there is really a genuine friendship between someone like Kyle and Sutton, even though Kyle throws Sutton under the bus every single chance she gets and Sutton mm-hmm. seems to never learn from her mistakes in that regard. If there is an actual friendship there, we can see it. I do believe that Kyle and Garcelle could enjoy each other if they if they don't. But they're just on opposing sides. So get rid of the sides by cutting those two out. And then I think we're better. We're in a better position.
0: Do you think genuinely that with the ratings this show has gotten this season, that they are willing to let go of Erica Jane? I just don't see it.
1: You think people watch because of Erica Jane?
0: I think that she has added an explosive potentially psychotic element to this show that has made it, and I'm not playing a morality game at this, I'm saying, I'm taking the morality out of it, which is like, LOL, I guess so is she, but putting the numbers ahead of the story even a little bit, I don't know that they would be willing to make that kind of investment.
1: I guess this is assuming that the good ratings are because of Erica Jane, a cast member who, when she debuted, the ratings were higher. So I would say that they are not necessarily dealing with, like, a surge in ratings. Their ratings are still good. They're not dealing with, like, the best ratings they've had in years. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, I think they are the, like the highest-rated franchise, right? right but oh, right, every right, right, franchise right, right, is right, down. Right, so what right, I'm right. saying
1: is, like, it's not like
0: it's not like after Tom yeah, was revealed, it the ratings was went through bottom. the
1: roof. It was just that they were main, they were able to maintain more of an audience that the other franchises were, because every franchise is way down.
0: See, I would be interested to potentially see what next season would look like removing Rena, who seems like Erica's biggest. Defender protector and seeing how Erica handles that. But maybe we're just seeing that now.
1: If they want to change what's broken with the show in my perspective, which is the fact that there's two teams, they need to literally level the playing field because it's not level. That's why you have Garcelle and Sutton shouted down. And sure, yeah, maybe like when they're in those situations, it's advantageous sometimes because you have the other cast members hanging themselves. Mm. But it's not fun. The show's not fun. Do you have fun watching the show?
0: No, I think it's a dread watch.
1: Exactly. I don't
0: think it's – I used to use the term hate watch, but that's actually not it. I – I look forward to getting through episodes so that I don't have to watch the episode anymore, which is not where you want to be as a content creator, let alone a viewer.
1: You know, I just, I'll tell you what I watch it for, what I kind of live for are the moments where like... It, they 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 all laugh about homeless not toothless. You know what yes. I mean? Like 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 ugly leather pants, like that stuff. Like conflict that is like not that big of a fucking deal, and that you are laughing at home because these women are arguing about it with the con with the conflict this dark and the word cunt being thrown around. It's like what? It's like this is genuine bullying. And 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 the re- and the reason why it happens offline mm-hmm. is because that energy trickles down from what we are watching. Mm-hmm. So, like, yes, the internet is evil on its own, but, like, you need a spark to light a fire. And, like, what's happening on screen is too fucking dark. It sets a precedent for the type of behavior that then the fans catch. They catch it. It's infectious. Mm-hmm. I mean... Before this, always the most toxic fandoms were either, I guess, Jersey because the tree huggers are like essentially militant. Mm -hmm. And then the Potomac fan base is tough because you got a lot of still people that are like extremely pro-Monique who like really. And also, you know, the way Candace behaves on social media is, you know, inflammatory in its own way. Mm -hmm. But this right now is by far the darkest franchise like they premiered the Potomac trailer the other day and Bowen said I just miss Potomac because it's the most fun and I'm like yeah this was the franchise two years ago where there was a violent attack on screen and that's the one that's now most fun that's how dark it all is
0: but it did feel like the I mean the trailer didn't feel like it was a return to fun I mean it felt for sure Which shows the ways that relationships can be repaired and also the ways that alliances can be shifted when people leave the cast.
1: Exactly. And so that's why I'm saying you have to get rid of the toxic person. And I think there's like right now because there's a toxic alliance that stops the show from being fun. Just cut out the members of those alliances that are the least interesting at this point. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's Rina and Erica. Because you always know what you're going to get. For me.
0: Listen, it's not even that. It's I think I just I honestly at the end of the day feel so much confusion about the state of Beverly Hills, a show, a franchise that I have loved for so many years that feels like it's imploding and embracing the implode. And yet the conversation that's happening amongst members of the cast right now is about like, what kathy maybe said off camera which is just it's so i think it's a
1: red herring
0: i mean it is a literal ocean of red to say in advance of episodes airing this should be your number one priority this should be your number one focus and if you don't see something that i'm going to tell you happened or if it doesn't play in the way that I'm telling you it did know that there was an orchestrated campaign behind the scenes to support and defend a friend of cast member.
1: <laughs> I have news for you, Rina. That's not the show we're watching. The show we're watching has you acting crazy. And another thing I do want to make clear is I have all the sympathy in the world for her loss of Lois and for how difficult that that clearly was but you cannot use your grief as an excuse to treat other people badly like it's just not okay like and you can't also then use your awareness of that as a justifier because people are still going to be hurting like your behavior like never mind the fact that it's always been kind of toxic you're now using as a justifier your grief Which is wrong.
0: And it also hasn't changed. Like Lois died this year. And while that is a terrible, tremendous, foundational, shifting loss, how is your behavior right now dissimilar than every single season you've been on the show? It's not.
1: Now she just has an excuse. And the fact that she's using this as an excuse, like, which she has. is is, is like bordering on sick to me. Well, I think it's manipulative. Right. And it's manipulative in a way that's like no one can dare speak to because you've now also said it causes me to behave erratically. And you got the rest of your alliance members saying that she can't be spoken to in any way because we have to have grace for her. So when exactly is one single individual in this Fox Force whatever going to own up to a thing or allow one of them, one of their. So, so we're living in a world where everything they do is right because there's an excuse for everything. It's not good. It doesn't make
0: sense. And then we watch scenes like this week where they talk about how Sutton is a mean girl bully. With what army? I mean, with who? Literal hours after she was called a cunt and cried, where her tears are considered suspect. They By the say way, real tears. The bad per- I mean, period. Absolutely, they say that she's the bad one, but she's okay in group settings. And it's like, how are you guys in group settings? That that is literally individual? that's
1: the biggest gaslighting I've ever heard. Because the way mean girls behave, we've seen it over the years is they amass people that follow them and conspire to target one person which is what you guys have been doing you've been doing that and you gaslight people into thinking that they're a loser that's what that's what mean girls do and who are the people that they've accused of being that last year Doreed called a bully which is which is a You know, that's a word that when you put onto someone like you say mean girl, Mm. they tried to make Crystal seem like she was a mean girl and like someone who moved in social groups like this and like tried to like with, you know, with the 14 girlfriends of it Mm -hmm. all. Like they tried to paint her with that brush and now they're saying it about Sutton. I have news for you. These are not the women in quote unquote power in this group or with the privilege of alliance members. You are. You are doing this thing.
0: So what do you do noting that the uh, reunion is being filmed tomorrow? We're recording this on Thursday. What do you do if you're Andy? What's the reset here if there is one? Or are you just engaging in a narrative that to many of us feels false?
1: I think Andy, who I've now met several times mm-hmm. and I adore, needs to go harder on his face. Do you I think, think he has he's capacity got a- to? I hope so yeah I think he's got to turn to Kyle and I think we have to have like I think we need a reckoning for Kyle I think Kyle should want I think it's not a success unless Kyle leaves the reunion feeling like broken I want to quit Mm. she needs to have a tough reunion or else the literal edit doesn't make sense she needs to answer for the fact that like someone will be like Kyle please I don't want to talk about this right now, please. And then she turns around and says, and, and lights the match. Right. She needs to answer for that. It has happened numerous times, like 1.5 times an episode. She has to answer for it because guess what? It's not unclear. We don't really need to dig in anymore with Erica. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need another big episode with Erica, which is like, explain to us how you feel. She has told us. Multiple we, times. We need to get to the middle of this Kyle thing. Like, because it, that's what it is. Dorit is secondary to that, but Dorit is also a follower. Kyle is the leader and the protagonist of this show. The reason why the show is in the state that it's in is because of the way Kyle prefers to do things. And I don't want to feel this way about her. Like, I like watching the show when I'm watching it and I say, I'm Kyle. I, we need to be able to watch it and say we are all Kyle. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, and yet I've heard from so many people who are like, now you see what we've already, what we've always felt. And I'm like, well, I don't have a response to that, except I don't. I, I, don't, I haven't had that experience, so now I feel like am I catching up or has this person changed?
1: Kyle, I think, and not everyone agrees with me on this, but Kyle has an it factor in a way where it's like you get why, and a lot of mean girls have this. You understand why they've made it so far. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like she is so funny. Mm-hmm. She's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She is a lot of fun. She probably talks really good shit. She looks people right in their eyes. When you were going through something, she's crying alongside you. She's extremely empathetic. She is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Camille has been saying it from the beginning. Even when she hated her at that season one reunion, Camille even said, you know, the thing about Kyle is she is the girl that you want to sit next to at the party. She's Mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And because that's all true, like, I think that there are certain members of the viewing audience, I think probably you and I are among them, that give her the benefit of the doubt a lot because we enjoy watching her.
0: Yes, and because, as you said, we empathize with her. We might see ourselves a little bit in her. Yeah,
1: and she is the center of this atmosphere, and I think that many times she has been um, a sympathetic figure because I think we also... A lot of people that watch the show may know what it's like to deal with a very chaotic person in your life, which was Kim. And I think that, Mm. you know, I think that she earned a lot of goodwill from seeming like the person in that relationship with her sister that, like, had really been long suffering. Mm -hmm. But remember, this is also an edited television show with the purpose of entertaining us and telling a story that they decide we're seeing. So it's just interesting now. That, like, all those characters that served as foils for Kyle are now gone. And her only foils are, like, abject awful. And she still is playing the same game she's always played with, like, the teams of it all. And it doesn't look right. So I guess my question is, like, Kyle, who actually are you? Who are you outside of deciding who you can and cannot defend? You know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. what is it? How do you feel about this? And, and if you do feel this way, can you tell someone how you feel? We've seen her do it before. And that makes me feel like maybe she's just tired. And that's why when she finally did do it last night, it seemed so fucking crazy.
0: Well, I feel like a part of it, too, is that regardless of how we feel about how her behavior and how it's magnified this season, you now have Kathy in the mix, who was seen last season as a huge fan favorite, came back, friend of, after whatever negotiation took place, and is now calling out Kyle's behavior. Kyle, who for a segment of the audience was seen as the voice of the audience, mm-hmm. is now being told in real time by her older sister yeah. that her behavior is bullshit and, and trying to control that behavior in the middle of these hot moments. Kyle, don't swear.
2: Yeah,
0: That was tough because you're watching a woman yeah. who's supposedly leading this show being put in her place mm-hmm. by her older sister <laughs> who has con- ultimate control in their dynamics. And I feel like what we're watching – Kyle do now is to reshift that. Like I still have control on this show. I'm not going to promote the tequila. I'm not going to do the things that are seen as like um, you don't even necessarily think of what she has done with Mauricio and the agency. You don't really think so much about Rena Rosé's 18 launches that we've seen take place. Kathy's holding up a bottle of tequila and being like Nikki and her husband are investors and Kyle won't allow it to happen because this is the control that she has in their relationship. It's through the lens of the show. But what happens when the show is no longer on your side and now maybe nor is your sister? Mm. What does that do to the power to the dynamics of their relationship?
1: Uh, Here's what I'll say. It is. I don't know if it's obvious to Kyle the ways that she's doing this. I think she might think she's like, oh, Kathy, and negging Kathy in the way that she maybe did last year. Like, look at my sister. She's such a fool. Kathy, come on. Like, oh, isn't she silly? I think she's playing this game of like, isn't Kathy silly? And Kathy may actually be trying to show a different side of herself. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're not on the same page about the dynamic. Because I actually think you're right that probably what happens in their actual dynamic is Kathy makes a decision about what's happening and that's what's happening. Like when Kathy with, um, I think it was Nikki's wedding a few years ago was like only invited half Kyle's family. Mm. Like think about that. That's a move. This is like someone who is extremely triggered by her older sisters and like way more vulnerable and sensitive to what they say and do. I mean, let's all think about our own siblings. You know what I mean? There's Mm -hmm. dynamics from childhood that remain in your psyche as an adult and cause you, it's like with a parent, any family member, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's like when you go home for the holidays or whatever, and you hearing your voice that you're sounding 15 again, and you're like, what is that? It's because things trigger things. And so they stumbled into an edited dynamic, Mm. which was Kyle going, oh, Kathy, you're so silly. And Kathy being like, (laughs) hunky-dory. And now it's different. Maybe Kathy wants to reveal another side of herself. And Kyle's on this weird struggle trying to maintain all the dynamics and produce. And she looks crazy. And then Kathy says something like, don't swear. And so in this next episode... When they all buy fucking Kendall Jenner's tequila instead of Kathy's and Kathy gets pissed off about it, it will all seem so dumb to us and it will seem so blown out of proportion, I can predict, Mm -hmm. but to them it's going to be an extremely big deal. And that's kind of what I want to see on Housewives. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This stupid shit that exposes real things. Not this like, like, engineered, alliance-driven, like, stupid bullshit over dark stuff that, like, promotes hate online. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what's happening with the tequila wars? Give me that. Give me that.
0: Yeah, it's using the, like, false environment, the artificial environment, the bubble of the show, to expose real stakes, which are seemingly that Kyle has been the big sister on Beverly Hills for a number of years, and now her big, big sister is back and is putting her in her place. And Kyle's like, the weird stuff about Kathy like asking for too much or being too demanding didn't in any way play when this woman is like sleeping in a bunk bed.
1: First of all, she has more money than anyone. She doesn't care how much they pay her. That's not why she did this. That didn't make any sense to me either. It's like, okay, Kathy Hilton was like, what, demanding more money? For what reason? That's not the way she thinks. I genuinely don't think that can possibly be the way she thinks.
0: Well, and also like the weird tote bag moment in the restaurant of how, how, how foolish is my sister for bringing this like schmada bag to dinner
1: well okay Th- that didn't bother me as much because it didn't seem like kathy was as bothered by that as everyone mm. makes it out to be like okay true like, like my thing is just like that was on game for kathy which is just like look at how kathy acts like a normal person just like anyone else right. and is like no a slob glam. like the rest of us right. even though she's worth all this money right. you know what i mean like like uh, that to me was like on game for the kathy thing the ways in which, like, m- maybe it will all boil up, and maybe it's been boiling up to something else, but like, to me, that felt like the game we were playing. And like, I had heard about this bag thing because Paris Hilton had tweeted about it. Did you know that?
0: No, tell me. Oh,
1: Paris. This, someone was like, "Oh, that was oh, so right. mean." And, and she thing, said it was the tequila thing, and like, like the way she was undercutting it. And Paris quote retweeted it and said, "So unkind." Right. 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 Unhappy face. Like Paris has like shots fired against
0: Kyle. And the thing that's so interesting to me about that is that Kyle before Housewives was sort of professionally known as Paris and Nikki's aunt. She was the one on like the VH1 specials who went on as the representative of the Hilton name through the fact that she was their aunt. She was always known as their aunt. She the currency and value of that was huge and then came along Housewives, where, which is another kind of currency and value and fame. But when you have Paris Hilton, who is not only your niece, but a superstar, putting you in your place on social media, to me, that is going to be gutturally to Kyle sort of more effective as a gut punch than the fact that Kathy isn't speaking to her right now. Like that for Kyle, I think is really tough because when your identity has become housewives and now she's doing all these other things, but it's still based in housewives. But prior to that and still related to that is the Paris and Nikki connection. Mm -hmm. And Paris herself is now saying, you fucking suck. That's not great for Kyle. That's not great for Kyle on camera and off. And all of this is happening. The day before before the reunion. reunion.
1: Yeah. It seems really well-timed. I'll say that.
0: A lot of stuff that's happening right now seems very well-timed. The
1: lawsuit that Diana filed.
0: Which, it's an honor to be nominated. Can't believe that I'm mentioned in it. Are you? Yeah, and that's... Wait, what? Yeah, I should have told you that before we started referring. Yeah.
1: Wait, so are you a... Nope. You were not sued?
0: No. No. It, it, it does appear that an article that I wrote for the Daily Beast yes. is being used by Diana's team to establish the harm done to Diana as a result of conversation about what is the seemingly, bots. allegedly, seemingly a bot attack against Jax. So what a day. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right. German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villarosa, Rosa, obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Um yeah, I um if you had told me that the piece that I had been written would be used legally to potentially uncover the bots or who is behind this attack, I don't know that I would have believed it, but I also think wouldn't it be great to find out who was behind this? Yeah. Um and all of this happening essentially a day before the reunion timing is everything yeah, i think a lot
1: is happening i will say that that
0: will be used during the reunion a lot is happening that will be used do during you the think they're all
1: gonna show up that's my question
0: yeah who wouldn't
1: um well i guess two of them i would i would say i wouldn't be totally surprised if they didn't show up and that's i'm talking about me and cast members because because kathy has said she's going um and
0: which is to me honestly the most surprising oh
1: because I know for a fact that she didn't say any fucking slurs. Can
0: I say something? Oh my god, can you please? Can we break news here right now? She, can you please? I
1: know. Not for a fact. But I also like you're <laughs> like saying break notes.
0: You just said oh, I know no, 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 for no. a fact.
1: In my heart, I know for a fact. We're talking alternative facts. Also understand, like, anyone that's out there trying to sue me, whenever I'm like, I know for a fact beyond a doubt, it just means that I believe it. Like, please don't take me seriously at all. I should never be sued because I'm not a serious person. Okay? When I say I feel in my heart that Mm -hmm. Kathy Hilton did not say a slur, what probably happened is she probably said something fucking crazy about Kyle. And that's what Rinna is like. She said something no one's ever going to believe. Maybe even it was a slur against Kyle. Maybe she said the C word, maybe something like that. But I think it's been twisted to sort of make it seem like Kathy should be, like, canceled in a way. And maybe I'm wrong, and maybe she did say something like that. I'm just like, I think maybe it would have been a little bit more alluded to or a little bit leaned on a little bit harder if any of that had been true. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, we're only getting the story right now through Rinna's social media. There has not actually been. Which is been...
1: the definition of unruly and untrustworthy.
0: Yeah. And she said literally one day um, that she wanted to focus on fashion and fun. And she wasn't going to post any about Beverly Hills. And she's now, as of today, posting uh, screenshots of text messages that she had with Kathy. Where Kathy is like. Maybe she's doing de- that today? Yeah, she was like, maybe, like, don't reference the thing that I said or whatever, which, again...
1: What? I know. I know. She can't help it.
0: She can't help it, but also, so much of this is confusing to me because I have a brother. I don't have a sister, but I do think sister dynamics can be incredibly fucked up. I just think, like, you can say any kind of sibling dynamics, families are annoying, but with sisters especially, I, I have... You know, as an outsider seen through friends, loved ones, whomever, sister dynamics where you're like saying terrible things Mm -hmm. about someone. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of like a mother daughter vibe where it's like you you ride waves and some of those waves can crash really hard. Yeah. But I'm not getting the sense like if you say something terrible about your sister, I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing in the world when you also have cast members making jokes about how another one is a cunt and you have a cast member saying that these victims aren't real and my, you know, estranged husband is maybe innocent. Like... How is this worse? How is a sister dynamic that you, Rinna, were not a part of and have now inserted yourself into worse than the very real things that we're watching play out on camera? And then we're adding the conspiracy theory on top of it.
1: Well, that all being said, the two people I think may not show up are Rinna and Diana.
0: There's no... Diana, there's no way she's not showing up because she has built herself a little bit of... Armor or response, so hours before then an, ep- an episode goes up where she says, if you really cared about these victims, you would be contributing money, which sidebar to me is an insane theory when your friend who was married to the man who defrauded these people of millions isn't returning earrings, but we're pretending that Sun and Garcelle should be financially contributing. Why aren't you saying to your friend, why aren't you returning this stuff? This is not It's because these people This is not don't... the Elton John yeah, gala. No. You're not buying a table. You should be returning items What's that was... were yeah purchase with stolen funds these
1: people don't think of money the same way as everyone else is what i'm sort of realizing and like maybe like diana understands the value of a dollar a little bit more than any of the rest of them and maybe so did erica at one point or maybe these women did because they were poor at one point Mm. but the fact is i think maybe the fact that they were poor at one point like also like now that they have this like they're never going back and so like maybe that's like triggering them or something but It was a crazy thing to say, like, if you care so much, donate the money. Like, why should it be fucking anyone else's responsibility to donate their actual hard-earned money? Not that you wouldn't, but when what we're talking about here is the fact that shit was taken from these people.
0: Whose responsibility is it? Whose responsibility is it to make these people whole? And so hours before that episode airs, Diana announces the launch of a new foundation Mm -hmm. that will be in some way contributing a hundred thousand dollars but not I don't know the ins and outs of it to be honest and I don't want to get into a lot of specifics about that um, except to say that while it is great to support the victims and while it's wonderful and almost adorable that Erica commented with red hearts on that post what the conversation that nobody seems to be having that I think is ridiculous and hopefully this happens at the reunion is A conversation to Erica, putting the weird are you guilty stuff aside and asking her, did she benefit from this? Because Mm -hmm. what she is trying to push is these items were a gift. It doesn't matter whether or not they were purchased with money that did not belong to Tom. This is mine because it was given to me, which to me connects to the conversation that would be the worst possible one to have to me with Erica which is, did you benefit? The life that you are focused on, the life that you are angry about losing, not only was it lost, not only in Erica's words, however she phrased it, like as a woman scorned, but who scorned you? A a wife in ruins is what she said. Right, but ruins as the result of what what she, happened she, all to she lead would, to that
1: but all the only thing she would say to this is i don't know i can't know until the legal process is done she can't know if she benefited from this money because she would argue that she doesn't know which money which actual dollars in the bank are crooked and which aren't which i don't know how the legal process can decide that mm. because if you make a hundred thousand dollars that's hard earned and put it in a bank account with $100,000 of stolen money, and you buy something for $50,000. Wh- how are you differentiating which of those dollars you spent? But I guess it does get, that's how it gets, right? Like, because how can she say that the earrings bought from that account weren't that weren't also stolen money that was put into that account? Like, you can't say that, but you also can't say it's not. Which to me is just like, I guess you have to prove intent and direct involvement. Maybe she does have a point with the fact that they were gifts of it all. She might get scot free out of this legally, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the morality of it, which she's already said where she stands. So none well, of this may pan out anyway.
0: She's saying it's not a morality issue, it's a legal issue and which is sidestepping the enormous morality issue which is behind Tom's crimes. Like the single worst thing that you can do as a lawyer is do exactly what Tom did. And he didn't do it one time. He did it for seemingly well over a decade. He did it for a number of years, right. Resulting in many, many, many tens of millions of dollars. So I think from the perspective of unfortunately, you know, for Erica, the fact that Tom isn't able to answer to a lot of this, but he's still accountable to it. Like financially, it seems very likely that there is some sort of financial settlement that's going to take place. Right now it's Erica fighting to say what should be considered a part of this. You know, like I I don't know how you find out not a lawyer. Um I don't know how you find out the ins and outs of discovering where money came from versus money is owed. Mm-hmm. And as The wife of this person, she's tied up in this, which is a separate conversation from Did You Benefit? Like, what was the life, which is a separate conversation, from How Did Your Life Improve Before Being Cast on BH and While on BH? It seemed like her life really bloomed a lot as a result of this show. So, like...
1: Well, people knew who she was, so her personal enterprises could flourish. But she also... Was already flourishing professionally. I mean, we had heard from her first episode or so that she had had a number of number one dance hits, yeah. and we had ar- we had already seen very early into her tenure on the show, like her performing for very large crowds and like living a lavish lifestyle. So ultimately, and I know they are using the footage of the show like right. legally. So it's in. It, I just don't think. There is a possible way to determine, like, what was, like, quote-unquote, her money, his money, the the victim's money when it's all thrown really into the same pot and transferred and, and like, put into different accounts because... And and then she's just going to say everything was a gift and therefore she's not actually responsible for it.
0: Well, I think that's also like a separate conversation with a legal correspondent going through the ins and outs of her LLC yeah. and checks that were deposited from Gerardy Keyes into that business account. Like that then gets into the potentially not being personally liable, but professionally liable, which is still ongoing like there. You guys can follow Emily D. Baker. You can follow the Bravo docket. There are Bravo. There are. People who are lawyers and Bravoholics who are doing that work, which I can't really speak to, except to say that Erica not only is not helping herself, but is revealing herself in such a way that things that were said on AG many months ago about the fact, the hypothesis that seemed maybe somewhat wild that she doesn't think Tom did this Mm. seems to be playing out in real time. And to me, like, yeah, we can have converse. Surely there is going to be a lot of focus on her behavior, but maybe that's where the focus should be, which is connected to legal matters. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, she does need to respond to the way that she has been like wilding out on BH. That's the conversation to have. And also to say to Rena, what do you think of that? Yeah. Because now the spotlight is on someone who tried to shut it down, but she did for a reason because she knew it was wrong. But we're not having that conversation right now. We're having the conversation of you need to no longer be on camera because this isn't helpful to you. And the reason I give a shit is because I know it's extremely not helpful to me. And in X amount of months time, I'm going to be asked to respond to this. So if you can give as little as possible, it would make my life easier. That's why Kyle was upset.
1: I can't defend you. Because literally what it is.
0: You are involving me in something that is indefensible, and I have done my level best to try to drive conversation a different way, and you're not helping me right now. Allow me to help myself, and Erica's unwilling to do it.
1: Do you think she was wasted again? Erica? Yeah.
0: 100%. She was absolutely intoxicated. But I always think that this is um, relatively simplistic, and I don't drink a lot. But I always, I've always felt that alcohol reveals yourself. It lowers your inhibitions. So you feel like you have the courage from the drink, potentially, to me, not necessarily to, like, change into a monster, but to magnify your true feelings. Mm. It's a revealer, I think.
1: So do you think that she gets asked by Andy on the reunion, like, is this how you really feel? And she'll, she'll probably be like, yeah, it is.
0: Well, what's the this here? She's going to say that the thing that I didn't say. The do thing you that actually I said, I only don't...
1: care about yourself?
0: <laughs> and she's going to say, of course, I'm in a crisis position. Yeah. Who else should I be caring about? If I don't care about, I no longer have my husband. If I don't care about me, who's going to? Mm. And how do you respond to that? Yeah. Because she's also connected it to the legal stuff. She's connected it to the, when Garcelle says, I understand why you're communicating in a certain way because you feel like if we have a morality conversation, it's showing guilt. Like I, Mar- Garcelle, in that moment is trying to help Erica by saying, "Here's a lifeline here, mm-hmm. where I understand legally why you might not want to be in a position to like volunteer to give things back because of how that might look for you and what people might come for next." But Erica only hears, "You think I'm guilty? I'm guilty of nothing." The people who are guilt for putting me in this position. She's not thinking about Tom. She's thinking about the victims filing suits against her. Those are the people who should be feeling guilty right now. Not Erica.
1: Yeah. They were all obviously drunk, I think. Because it's, I think.
0: And they had some gummy time. And
1: they had some gummy time too because like the way that they were all engaging with her like just a few episodes you feel like Garcelle would have just walked away and been like I'm not talking to her when she's drunk like no one can see how fucked up she is like I got a sense that they were all like a little turnt and like willing to dig in on it and I will say this about last night's episode I'd rather watch that because like things are happening than like Them all standing around Dorit's little circle table in her house. Which, by the way, did you ever notice that whenever they (laughs) hang out at her house, they hang out around that one little circle table that's by her couches, and there's not enough room for everyone? And they all sort of, like, (laughs) peer around that little circle table and, like, say nothing?
0: I love it. It's both hot and cold.
1: Yes. (laughs) But, like, I'd rather watch this happen than nothing. And I feel like nothing has happened all season.
0: Well, I'd rather this happen, which... (laughs) Doesn't benefit the loser in last night's episode was seemingly Erica, regardless from how, of how you feel about alliances versus like a conversation that's inappropriate and frankly unsafe about Crystal's ED journey like that gets that's a totally different in that the responsibility of that on the editors on production versus what's happening right now where I'm like, OK, the person losing here is Erica. She doesn't know it or she does and it's not her fault and here's why. That, to me, is more of something that can be discussed.
1: I really wonder what tone Crystal will take about all of that at the reunion.
0: I hope we see more of ugly leather pants vibes yeah. and more of how she um, behaved and responded last night where it's like, I'm yes. going to say my thing. And I'm standing strong in it. And Sutton could learn something from that. Mm -hmm. I don't know that Sutton has that kind of ability to. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know that Sutton can really respond, which is so unfortunate because there are so many zingers that would land if only she could, because there's a lot of silence there in Sutton's pain. If she had the ability to respond, she would be doing herself a favor and, more importantly, us. I
1: also get a sense that she might be, and this is not a comment on intelligence. I think it might be a comment on how she processes. She's slow. Who? Sutton. She is like a true Southern woman. I mean, they make jokes about how she's Miss Daisy, but like she, I've seen her on like talk shows. Remember, do you remember when like, I don't know if you watched it, but like Maren Morris stepped in for Jimmy Kimmel once and Sutton Strack was the guest. Like Sutton Strack was fully a guest on on Jimmy Kimmel. I I
0: heard about it because of Maren, I think on Watch What Happens, but I didn't see it. And like. Oh no, because they talked about it on something, whatever. uh, We talked
1: about it on my show. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I was like, I knew it came from But Sutton was so, it was like she wasn't on television. She's like, well, I think that, yes, it is hard mm. to be on Housewives, mm-hmm. but it's fun. And I'm like, okay, what? Why did it take you 45 years and six days? Yeah to get that out. And that's why I think like a lot of these women are fast. Like Dorit doesn't say a lot, but she says a lot of words. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Kyle is like doing the splits, like like, having conversations. Miss Erica is loud. Mm -hmm. She's powerful. And aggressive. And even like, so it's like with Sutton being slow, just purely in terms of process and delivery, with Garcelle, I think being sort of, I think she thinks she's like, she's like unbothered by it and like thinks she's better than it. But when she activates, she's great. I just feel like sometimes she's just like, I'm not doing this. And with Crystal, I think she's nervous. So that's why the three of them can't really...
0: Yeah, I think that mobilize. Sutton, Sutton is meandering and Crystal can be verbal, but some of those words really land. I mean, yes, we need more but she needs to want to
1: say them. Like sometimes I think she feels like... You know what I, I'm just I, I don't even know what to say here, or like whatever or like and I, I think I think she's more nervous than anyone realizes.
0: I think Sutton thinks that most of these people like her, and Crystal maybe is uncomfortable for the idea with the idea that maybe her behavior will lead to people not liking her. Like if you say the thing, Erica might not like you anymore. If Do you, you say think th-
1: they like Crystal?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't even know if they appreciate her, Mm. which is why the conversation they have about like safety, health stuff is so weird to me because they're not they don't they they are considering themselves intimates in a way that we have never seen.
1: You know, I think it said everything when Crystal said like second or third or fourth episode of this season, my feelings don't matter to them. It, She's doesn't, right. it doesn't matter what right. I think or feel. And she said it in, Crystal, in Kyle's home. when. And this is why I brought up earlier Kyle acting crazy there. yeah, Because it was Kyle's home. And so Kyle felt like she had free reign to say whatever the fuck she wanted to say. And she was completely invalidating Crystal's feelings because she wasn't recognizing them. And wasn't even trying to understand. And I think sometimes another thing these women do is in order to feel like they're getting somewhere with someone, they have to totally break that person down.
0: Well, that's progress to them. We've seen that with Garcelle. Yeah, with
1: Garcelle, where they basically made her cry. Like
0: That's vulnerability.
1: To them. Right. And I actually, when we had Garcelle on the show, I was like, I know that you felt on camera and in the edit like it was like a, a positive thing, but what I saw was them needing you to literally weep in front of them to give you a hug on camera. It looked like they were like, needed you to break like just so they could recognize your feelings of feeling like an outsider in the group for the plethora of reasons that you do as valid and she even said on Las Colteries to see what she was like yes but you know it really did help and I was like okay you know she felt it helped she felt it helped I mean she I- didn't feel broken down by it in a, in a way that was problematic
0: Well, and I also feel like that's the kind of like tension that exists within being a Bravo-holic and watching these shows is like, we can feel something, we can feel something in defense of someone, we can feel something really strongly on their behalf, but that might not be their experience. Mm -hmm. And so there is that divide, there is that split of like, this thing is really harmful, and it's really bad. And that person who's experiencing it, who might be the target of it, may feel that way, or they might not. And I feel like the primary example of that, to me, is going to be Sutton, do you think that Kyle is a good friend?
1: Yeah. That's a really important question.
0: To you. And
1: Sutton can't be and this not is, on your behalf. And this is when she's gonna be annoying. Well, uh Yeah. <laughs> Kyle and I we talk to each other. And and I'm just already like Sutton. Yeah. This is why I'm saying it's like I understand like the fan base like stands. Sutton like I'm a slutton. trust me I have a I have a group thread that I talk to my people about with housewives it's called sluttons like you know I mean like I feel slutton, but like understand that they're actually editing together someone who appears to be slow yeah that has to be really frustrating for all these women like if they're saying these things like ad nauseum, like, Sutton, like, can't deliver or land her thing. I understand that's, like, Rich coming from Dorit, who, like, uses a lot of words to do it. Mm -hmm. But it's probably really frustrating to have to deal with Sutton in real time.
0: Well, there was that scene of Crystal being like, Sutton, come on, yeah, like, keep it up. And Sutton's like, I'm fine, I got this, and then completely And then she flopped. It. Yeah.
1: And it's just like, I think that Garcelle is, like, amused and entertained by her, mm-hmm. and also is more of a laid-back person, because she's not, like, someone who's actually driven by conflict, mm-hmm. which sometimes makes it, like, you know, I understand why she checks out so quickly of things. Of like certain situations
0: but i don't know that it's always checking out i feel like there's an element of disengagement and protection in this and also i'm no longer needed here like with erica spiraling it's like me contributing to this further isn't necessary this person is doing a monologue right now this is going to be in the smithsonian like i i don't need to be a part of this
1: i think what i'm saying is i don't necessarily think that garcelle is not a good housewife it's just that like it's not working chemistry wise with this group because clearly it's not. They look miserable every episode.
0: And how, and again, in my counter would, not even counter, but response is like, how could you not be?
1: Exactly. But, and I also agree with that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I I don't think it's their fault. Right. What I'm saying is the environment is broken.
0: So let's change it. I think. I think you should text Andy, maybe right after this. If he, like I, Andrew. Does he,
1: does he ever ask me for my opinion? When I was there. Oh. I can't really say Mm -hmm. there was a situation where he asked my opinion on who should sit in what chair out on watch what happens live. And I helped with that.
0: And it was not an episode that you were on. No, this was after you were on watch what happens. He was like, Hey, Basti."
1: They were having a concern about which housewife should sit in which seats because it was was two two housewives from two different franchises. And I came in with the strong opinion that was taken, and I think received well, um, I that I will actually... tell you off air.
0: Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, there's some off air stuff that I can share. I mean, like, air. but, and, yeah. but
1: uh, and I think there was one time, and I did tell you, I had, yeah, com- yeah, yeah, I had yeah. commented on someone's Watch What Happens live appearance, and he sort of rolled his eyes and said, yeah, I think they did the best they could do. Um, right. Which, to me, did not spell great things. But it's really interesting to go now that you've been. You can see sort of yeah. like it really is like a small ecosystem, and to be involved in it again. I've been on with Bowen, of course, and then Karen Huger. Um, oh my god! But when you're with a friend, like when you're with when I was with Bowen, it's like yeah, really we can really pop off. Like it's the clubhouse. The vibes are like high, you know, like you're drunk Mm -hmm. and then when you're with a housewife you do feel like you know that night is to service the housewife so unless you are like someone like Rappaport, that's like i don't like kenya more and i'm gonna say it to her face (laughs) right now who i kind of actively seeks out that moment Mm -hmm. like you know it would depend on who you were put with um which if you if you look at the pairings on any given watch what happens live episode nothing is a mistake it's not all just scheduling it's like they're trying to get certain things to happen, I think.
0: Yeah, which I think, you know, and it is also that, like, it's a universe in and of, it's an experience in and of itself. I haven't bartended yet. but oh, I should. Same, agree. <laughs> 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 but I've attended, I think, four times, and it's like, it's every time I, let alone the... Kathy episode, but um, yeah, that was like that that was was crazy. That was tough because you know that this is a moment that is going to lead to a necessary, important conversation. Strong reaction online, strong reaction. That was not good. But we were not obviously a witness to that reaction. Andy knew during the. Andy was like, "Oh my god!" We all were aware how. Did Andy react? Yeah, he came over (sighs) to us at a commercial. He was like, "Oh, like." But we don't know how how intense it was online after. And honestly, you're so out of it because it's live commercial breaks. You're cheering. Yeah. You want these women to do well. You feel yeah. a responsibility to them and to the yeah. show. And because the audience is like 20 people or whatever that it's like it's you feel like you're high and so to get out of that high and then be like wait what 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 just took place
1: i really hate watching someone flop on watch what happens live because it really should be so easy like you don't have to answer anything you don't want but if you're not going to answer it answer it quickly because i think the worst thing you could do is look boring on watch what happens like it's really bad And I think that they care more than any of the housewives think.
0: It is also interesting. Like I was having this conversation with OG of the AG Damian Bellino about the upcoming season of Salt Lake. Like is Jen Shaw going to go and watch what happens? And I said, absolutely. She's going to be there every day. She certainly will. And she's going to love it. And she's going to revel in it. And she's going to have some thoughts versus Diana not appearing not once. Being a new housewife, how surprising that decision was. Who knows who it was made by? But I would think from, like, the position of currying good favor, no better opportunity than Watch What Happens, maybe toward the beginning of her season, when we're just kind of being introduced to this person, to have content that's seemingly built around making you look fun.
1: You have to go on Watch What Happens Live. Who,
0: like, me? Th-
1: well, yes, you, of oh, course. but also a housewife. Uh, but, like, also as a housewife, like, <laughs> yeah. that's, like... It's such a great opportunity. Like, yeah. if, if you're going to be a housewife, go and watch what happens live.
0: It feels like one of the rewards. It's like working for Disney and getting to go to the fucking park. Well,
1: literally. And also, it's just like, the thing is, like, also, like, make it so that one of your castmates doesn't have to go five times. Yeah. Like, again, I love Kyle, like, but she's been on so much. Like, it feels like Brandy Glanville was on a thousand times. I got the sense that they had booked Diana and then one time they threw Bland- Brandy on. Blandy, wow. Brandy, <laughs> certainly not that. Uh, they threw Brandy on there because like she might have dropped out. But, oh, like, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Especially Salt Lake with only five that's main gonna be cast. Tough. Like,
0: and Jen. When that's when it's like super, super Jen innocent campaign, that's going to be a tough time to schedule She her. won't be on those episodes. No, she'll be on beginning and end.
1: Yeah. I would say that with... Is Potomac and Salt Lake, are they both on Sunday nights? Mm. When is, when? I
0: forget. I never watch live. Or is live. Potomac
1: Wednesday? Oh, yeah, you don't watch live.
0: Yeah, I'm one of those people. Yeah. I can't take it. It gives, it gives me anxiety. I need a second day cinnamon tea, frost It milk. feels like,
1: you know what, though? It feels like there's, like, 19 women on Potomac again, and, like, there's only five on Salt Lake, so, like, they'll figure it out. They will. Like, it'll be a fun fall-winter.
0: Also, if they can give more attention to Potomac, God bless.
1: I think that they have recognized that Potomac is that girl. Yeah. Because you, you see they got a whole new, like, spread. Yes. I think they might have even gotten new title sequences. Which Deserve. they've needed for years. Right. Like, Candace doesn't even look like the same woman. <laughs>
0: You're Queen Candace. Uh, okay. When is Candace coming on uh, Lost Cults? Yeah,
1: well, she did win a Lost Culture's Culture Award for Record of the Year. Her acceptance yeah. speech was yeah. magical. She sent in an acceptance speech alongside giants like Lisa Kudrow and Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, so Taylor she, sent two. Yeah, she did. She, she did. did. She did. Hey. La. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen. Again, like, if I had to throw out one name of someone that I would have on – Cause Kyle, I want to talk to one on one just personally. I want to talk. But to if Kyle I could have, hours. if I could have one housewife on the show, I think, honestly, I don't think anyone from Jersey because it's too, it's just too local and it's drama and like Teresa, you can't really talk to her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Maybe Kenya Moore.
0: Yeah, she's on my list. Yeah, on my imaginary list. I would also think you would want to talk to Tamra, maybe.
1: Tamra you know would be fun, but I would need to see more of what she does this season. I don't know. See, so, Tamra would be fun though. Because she also like knows housewives at large. You know? Like she's like
0: You know who I'd love to see on watch on I was just about to say watch what Culturistas happen. <laughs> you know who I'd love to see? What? The dynamics? Bethany.
1: Oh, I am so loudly anti Bethany at this <gasps> Are point. You? Oh yeah, I'm I'm not a Bethany fan and I you know what I think is pathetic. Her crusade against shadow banning. I think it is so insane. She looks crazy. Well, and crazy. the
0: Kardashians.
1: I have to say the most overexposed women in the world being like we're so mad because we're not being exposed is coo bananas and I understand that Bethany has like noble causes but it's really a mess.
0: Like, Bethany needs to go back on Housewives. She and she knows that. So you don't think she knows that? She knows that.
1: Well then did you see that she like sort of soft announced that her and Andy were going walking on the beach today? Yes,
0: which was planned. Oh, today?
1: <laughs> or like the other day she they,
0: and they it was allegedly it was allegedly planned. It wasn't like they just like ran into each other. It was like yeah, a scheduled were, thing. They
1: were walking on the beach to have a discussion.
0: Oh, it's gonna happen. She was like, he wants to talk. I bet he does.
1: Uh yeah. I honestly think, and this is someone who, again, I'm not opposed to having a, a person I don't like on the show. Yeah. I just want the show to be good. Right. I don't like Bethany. I think she must return.
0: She has to. For her sake, honestly, as well as our own, She the the business is built on, yeah. you know, the Bethany that we know. But what happens when we don't know her anymore? Yeah. We have to wrap up before we do. Can you just rapid fire tell me who's in your top five?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, My top five is... Okay, I would say that, uh, and this is going to be really wild, but I do love Kyle, and I think at her best, she's so much fun. I love Kenya. I love Candace. I love Karen. And honestly, because I do really appreciate Jersey, and like I, I feel like it's in my heart, Like I can just pick my favorite from that, yeah. which is Melissa.
0: Yeah. We have some similarities there.
1: And honestly, not I feel, good, I feel good about my top five ATM yeah. at the moment.
0: Also, I believe very strongly that top fives can't be disputed or argued. You should feel safe and comfortable, as you would with literally anything. But... It's who I
1: get the most serotonin from when they yeah. pop on screen. And honestly, I'll tell you something big for me is whether they make me laugh or not, or whether mm. I just look at their life and I think, fun. Love like, that. when I th- when I see Melissa in her kitchen with her kids and, like, Joe comes home and, like, they have conversations about whatever the fuck, I'm like, fun. I think Jennifer Aiden is pure dumb fun. I identify as Margaret Josephs. Mm. I don't always like her, which mm-hmm. I think is important when you're seeing mm-hmm. who you identify with because mm-hmm. you identify things that you don't love about yourself. Mm-hmm. But I do think I'm closest to Margaret. I hear you. You know? I mean, that I feel... Pretty good about that. And then in terms of Salt Lake, I think um, you know, I identify as I understand Lisa Barlow's fast food thing.
0: Lisa Barlow came on a live show that we did online, beginning of the what was it, beginning of the summer? Iconic. Literally y- yes, I can't She's full one glam. of the
1: craziest women in America and she should be on Housewives. And she when she got that center snowflake, oh my god. She said God is good. <laughs> she said God. Is good today,
0: Matt Rogers. I can't tell you how obsessed I am with you. You made the schlep I made to the office on the upper east side. <laughs> Ursula walking over that mat watching over that magical touch.
1: Period. I honestly always love coming on the show because you are like so clinical about housewives. <laughs> like you are, I, I, I actually in talking to you, I, I literally just said to myself in my brain when we were talking earlier, I was like, "Does she have a law degree?" <laughs> you don't.
0: No, but my dad's a litigator.
1: So you have. I was raised in the. So you think you're a lawyer the way I think I'm a hairdresser.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also think being in an environment where you had to defend everything that you that was like a. I grew up in a relatively. I don't want to say like cutthroat, but in an intense environment Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in which I had to defend myself and be able to communicate.
1: So you are sort of like identifying with Cher Horowitz.
0: A little bit. Yeah. I mean, also the cloth is. I don't have a little thing <laughs> yeah. that like goes on. Honestly, it's very circle. clueless vibes
1: in here. It's someone who was inspired by Cher's aesthetic in terms of, <laughs> you know, organization and also yeah. father was a litigator.
0: Yeah. For over a bajillion years. Yeah. yeah. I think that's like a, and growing up in a law office where yeah. I had to like use my imagination when I was a little kid, but also did like you know sidebar legal stuff so I could buy um stuffed animals there you stamping go stamping and stapling that's
1: huge I mean it all makes a lot of sense but I love getting psychological about these women and nothing I say to take seriously at all
0: yeah don't don't send us any letters unless they're filled with love
1: But I also think I was able to explain and you're always able to explain why you think a certain thing.
0: You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like
1: you can't attack someone when they come with like a clear explanation.
0: Oh, people do constantly. But I think that's (laughs) part of like that's also the other person's experience. We're not used to having conversations in which people disagree or listeners disagree. At the end of the day, if we had a conversation where we took a poll before the pod and said, what does everyone feel? And let's make we make sure we check that off the list. I think that would be pretty boring so
1: boring i I mean i will say i when i did go on watch what happens live the second time they asked me some some stuff and the caption they used was matt rogers defends calling bethany (laughs) trump-like and the comment section there was nuts it was like yeah she is like trump who rocks yeah why because she wants to give back to people (gasps) if that's trump-like then i'm i'm in and i am in hashtag trump it was just so like oh my god like the underbelly was really revealing itself
0: are you going to bravo hun? you know when is it i forget uh, mid-october october 14th i could go you could go but actually you know they had they had
1: soft asked me and me and it was me either me and bowen or me or bowen to like moderate something yes and i feel like it didn't happen but i wasn't opposed
0: did you respond to that? I
1: thought I told my, my, they reached out to like, I think I was wearing publishers or something, I, but, but I, it didn't get scheduled. So I guess it's not happening.
0: I'm looking at you. That would have been. I would have loved be, to have done something. We should get, and by we, I mean your people should get back in touch with Bravo HQ to make that happen. Maybe.
1: I think it went, it really went away. Maybe because they wanted me and Bowen to do it together, but also like, he he can't do anything in October. He's got Saturday Night Live, the television show.
0: How much longer are you in New York, by the way?
1: I'm here until the 11th, and then I go up to Toronto to shoot something. So right now I'm here shooting some final stuff for a performance you came to go see, which... I'm very happy that you came to that and then I'm shooting some more stuff to make that project complete. I'm being very vague. And then I'm going to shoot a, a small guest star part in Toronto on a show.
0: Oh my God. I can't wait to hear about that offline. Yeah. Um, I do have to say, and we are, I promise wrapping, that <laughs> I did have the pleasure of seeing you perform at Joe's pub, a performance in which I laughed, I cried. <laughs> I absolutely did also weep, which is different Aww. from crying. <laughs> um, and you're so, I cannot say enough about how talented you are. And you're so open hearted, which is incredibly important when you're performing live and connecting with people. But I feel that even in speaking with you one on one, I just think that you are, you know, one in a million. You're so (laughs) so funny. You're so smart. I loved hearing you sing and hearing you just be your truest self, even with like a little bit of a wink. I think that was an incredible Incredible accomplishment to, to see you in your Thank absolute you. truest element. Well, hopefully
1: if people keep their eyes peeled, they can see that later in the year maybe. And that's all I'll say about that one.
0: I mean, let's just slide a little To Be Continued <laughs> Bravo style in there. I know.
1: But we're ending the episode To Be Continued, which is really apropos.
0: I'm into it. What's an elevator pitch about Las Teresa's? LOL at the idea that you even need to pitch it at this point?
1: Two dumb gay best friends <laughs> talk stupid shit with each other for 90 minutes or less we hope
0: <laughs>
1: oh, sometimes guests I, <laughs> that you love
0: that are oh, obsessed. Like
1: the guests are great when yeah, we have them.
0: But also I love when it's a, when it's like a,
1: we do a culture catch up because yeah, we talk about the pop culture on news of the day and, I don't know. If, if you were into anything that you heard today, you, you might like Lost Culture. I, mean, I think people that listen to this podcast would. And probably, there's probably crossover.
0: I 100% think there's crossover, as there should be. Um, And guys, I'm not joking when I say it's my number one podcast. That's so, nice. so if Every you, time you say that,
1: I'm like, surely something else must have come at this point. No, I'm obsessed
0: <laughs> with it. Where can people follow you on social?
1: At Matt Rogers, though, only on Instagram, because I'm absolutely deathly afraid of Twitter. <laughs> but that being said, you can also follow at LastCulturistas <laughs> on Twitter, which I do check because I'm sick very sick mentally oh I can't stop but you know that's where we are At yeah. Matt Rogers though THO and at Culture, this.
0: and I love that Andy calls you at Matt Rogers though. he
1: does he thinks it's cute
0: to not use your actual name and t- he, he, him, his
1: direct quote was he thinks it's cute
0: I love that um, Andy Cohen a youth I'm into it <laughs> guys follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley and join the Andy's Girls Patreon number one way to support the pod there is a new Patreon episode up now with my live reaction to the Potomac trailer and <laughs> Your satchels of gold about Beverly Hills and so much more. patreoncom slash Scrolls. Matt Rogers, thanks for coming back to the club.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm I'm again in wonder at the many things, and <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a couple garments.
0: Um, you are welcome to, and I will send you that invoice uh, momentarily, <laughs> guys. Hope you're all doing okay, and we will chat with you soon. Bye bye. <laughs>